Blog Talk Radio. Takeaways from the D-backs first home series and the players that have surprised and disappointed the most. Hello, Diamondback Nation. Welcome back to the Rattle Up Podcast. My name is Blake, and I am joined tonight by my co-host, Chris. Hope you are all having a fantastic Friday night. D-backs are currently playing the Padres right now. We will give you live updates throughout that game. Right now, they are in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, Chris, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good myself. A couple quick announcements, a couple of announcements here before we get started. If you're looking... For some cheap tickets, go maybe go to a D-backs game or any other game that you wanted to go to. You can head over to stubyard.com. Again, that is stubyard.com and use the code BPN10. So again, that is stubyard.com and BPN10. That'll get you 10% off any any purchase. So and also we are still having our draw dice and t-shirt design over on baseballpodcastnet.com. If you want to go pick that up, draw Dyson. Been, do, been doing pretty good this year, so maybe getting a T-shirt of him will not be the worst idea. Again, that is baseballpodcastnet.com. And also, the call number to the show, as always, 845-277-9345. Again, that's 845-277-9345. And we actually have a caller right now. Um, we have Matthew from Surprise. He just wants to talk about uh, potential improvements. How's it going, Matthew? Good. How are you guys? I'm good. So what I've been noticing about our team is that we have the potential to score runs, but our pitching is not that great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because yeah. we've gotten tacos, basically tacos. If you if you guys don't know, when the D-backs score five or more runs, they get like free Taco Bell or whatever. So that's kind of like the goal every night. I, I, I guess you could say that. Uh, they've got they have they got they scored like five runs in like a lot of their games still. They've only been, they've only been like been like actually kind of really shut down like a few times. And they've been putting up the offensive numbers, but yeah, the pitching and it's not even the bullpen mainly that's been bad. It's just the starters have just not uh, been up to par. And I think and uh and so the starters I think the starters will get better, but I don't also, I also think the offense will regret will uh, will uh, regress is what I'm trying to say. Um, because some of the players, I don't think they're going to be doing as good as, as they are right now. But the starters, obviously, I think they'll go, get a lot better. Like, like half the starters are going to have a six, an ERA over six. Yeah. Yeah. As the pitchers get more used to pitching this year, they'll definitely get better and the get worse or won't do as well because of the same reason the opposing pitchers are getting better. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. So I I do think the run totals and all of all these games will eventually go down, but. Yeah, for now, I think the offense is really good, and I think the pitching will get better. So, I mean, the D-backs are are hovering around 500 right now. I think if their offense can stay anywhere near how it's been and the pitching gets better, which it will, I mean, yeah, I think that's a a good note. Yeah, I think one pitcher that needs to improve is definitely Matt Cook because every time he's been out, we've kind of blown a game. Yeah, well, there was that one game, and we'll get into this later, but the one game against the Red Sox, which is actually the home opener, he gave up like seven runs or something like that in like two and a third innings. Uh, and then again, that it was, I could say that's just garbage time. That's just one game. But um, 
yeah, Matt Cook kind of had a uh, he had some up and downs uh, through last year, so we'll see um, how he, how he can perform. Obviously, I don't think if I can just pull up uh, how how much he's actually pitched this year. I mean, yeah, like nine innings for a guy. Like, yeah, his ERA is like 15, but that's not that. That's not like enough sample size to to judge someone if they're doing good or not. I mean, Zach Greinke has an ERA over seven. Actually, both Zachs do. So, I, I think he'll yeah, get both. better. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I think he'll get better, but obviously, you know, allowing 15 runs through nine innings is not that good. I think no, he's just not comfortable in the reliever role. That is, uh, yeah, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he, he was, was a he was, starter last year. Yeah, he was one of our starters last yeah. year because uh, we had so many injuries. Um, and he's been used out of the bullpen because there's really nowhere to put him. Obviously, you kind of have five established starters, and Cook is just kind of in no man's land. So I think if, if you know, some of our starters do get injured, he can slide in there and be solid. But, yeah, for now, we're just going to have to see how he can write it out in the bullpen. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Matthew, I want to thank you for calling in again. Um, yeah. Have a good night. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah. No problem. All right. See you later. All right. Thank you for calling in, Matthew. Now we are going to go get into our weekly awards. Again, that call in number again is eight four five two seven seven nine three four five. But yeah, we're going to get into our weekly awards. Chris, if you just want to start it off. Uh, so for my MVP, I have David Peralta. He's been really good, and he's pretty much everyone's projected MVP from the start of the season. My Cy Young is uh, Merrill Kelly. He's been doing very well, and uh, he's also my Rookie of the Year as he's pretty much one of the only rookies we have, and he's been doing really well. My surprise is Adam Jones. as When we brought him on, I didn't expect him to – I really expected him to be in bench, and then when Suze got her, I figured he would do – Decent, but definitely not as well as he would. And for Wilmer Flores is the disappointment so far. He's not really doing well at all, and he hasn't been contributing. Yeah, the so way we my, expected him to. Yeah, for sure. Um, so for my MVP, I also have David Peralta. He's been kind of the catalyst of this offense. He's somewhere near the top when it comes to the hit uh, leaderboard for all the, for all the majors. Cy Young, I also went with Merrill Kelly, just as you know, some of the starters have been doing very good in their first few starts, especially. Guys like Zach Greinke and Zach Godley. Uh, rookie of the year, I'm on the John Duplantier um, instead of Merrill Kelly, but because, uh, I mean, yeah, Duplantier has only thrown four innings, and he just did, recently did get optioned down to uh, AAA. But, I mean, you, you got to like what you saw from him uh, in his debut, and he'll definitely be up in no time. You know, there's going to be some injuries. He'll be up um, pretty soon. But, yeah, and my surprise, I went with Gerard Dyson. Obviously, he had that walk-off a few, day, a few nights ago. He's honestly not even been that bad. I was kind of in favor of cutting him instead of uh, Brito in the opening day for the, for the, uh, what am I trying to say for the open day roster? But honestly, yeah, he has not been that bad at all. And also the disappointment. I said, Wilmer Flores, he's just, he's, he's batting under 200. His on base is like 250. His OPS is below 500. So that's not good. Um, I think he did actually have a double tonight. So that probably might've boosted his stats, but yeah, anyway. So, where to get, that was our weekly awards. Uh, any, Chris, any final thoughts from you? Um, nope. All right. Uh, so we're going to get – oh, go ahead. Uh, never mind. Okay. I, I didn't have anything. Yeah, anyway. So we're going to get into our mailbag questions, some of the questions you guys sent in over the past few days. So we're going to flip it to Benson. He's going to read off some of the questions. So we get the first question, please. 
Yeah, our first um, I question. Think we're, uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, first question is from Sal. Uh, should the D-backs trade Granky? Should the D-backs trade? I would say definitely not because uh, be, because well, actually, I would say definitely not right now because I don't see really any team that's gonna take him. If they could trade him, I'd say yes because he's got three years left on his deal. Um, because he's got three years left on his deal and all that, and I don't think any team would take him. But if you could get a, some decent prospects out of him, even if it doesn't mean throwing some quality uh, major league players in order to take, to take on that salary or whatever, I mean. I mean, at this point, it's like you're already you're already three years into the contract. Like, why give up on him now? Well, I don't really know if they're gonna trade him or not. I don't really care whether or not they trade him, to be honest. But uh, I think if they if he keeps playing like he is now and has a seventy or A for much longer, they better trade him sooner. There's definitely no way they'll be able to trade him. Yeah, we definitely won't have a seventy ERA for much longer. He's a very he's he's a very uh, well-experienced pitcher, and he's and, you know he's had a, a few rough starts, but uh, he's he's pitched almost three thousand innings. He will definitely get it figured out eventually. Um, yeah, so on that one. So next question here. This is uh, from depressed AZ sports fan. What is the weakest link on the Diamondbacks right now? Um. Well, there's a lot of places that are weak. I'd say our pitching. We really we score a lot of runs every game, and we give up almost the same amount. And Really, one of only a few games had low scoring, and that game we ended up losing because we couldn't score any runs in that game. And the yeah. Mario pitching did well. Exactly. Yeah, and I, 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 the weakest link definitely is not the offense. The offense has been pretty good, and and, and especially, I mean, from even like our catchers have been pretty good. Murphy and especially Carson Kelly. We'll get into that later in the show, but. Yeah, I would say definitely starters, but then again, as, we, as I already said, they're definitely going to get better. I mean, you're not going to have guys as like everyone ha- having an or four or five starters having an ERA like over six through the whole year. So that'll definitely get better if our offense and again if our offense can stay hot. You know, I think the D-backs are poised to win a decent amount of games. Next question here is from Met Station. Do you think that do you guys think the Diamondbacks got a shot in the West? Uh, I'd say no. I don't think we really have a shot. I mean, we're barely under, we're barely close to 500 right now, and uh, I definitely don't think we'll be getting any better. Yeah, and the way Cody Bellinger and the Dodgers are lighting it up, I just, if the Dodgers continue how they're playing and they don't have, get a lot of entries like the Yankees right now, I mean, Dodgers are going to win the division and, um, yeah, pretty much. But I think the Max could get second if the Padres, you know, I think it's them and the Padres because Rockies this year have just been terrible um, for whatever reason. So. Yeah, you never know. I think the Diamondbacks, they will finish somewhere second to fourth. Not exactly sure where. Again, it's very young in the season. Very hard to tell. But I would say to win the West, probably not. Next, uh, it's from Hunt to Destroy. He asks, what happened with Archie? I, so. I don't I'm not. I think it's the um, – really, it started around the uh, July of last year. He just started giving up tons of runs every game. And uh, I thought he would dial it down this year, but it doesn't seem he has. Hopefully he does dial it down or else they may need to – they really need to fix something with him because he gives yeah. up a lot of runs. Well, I mean, Archie Bradley, uh, former – I think he was like a, the number seven overall pick in like the 2013 draft, I want to say. No, I could be wrong. I think it was seven, number seven in 2011, I think. 2011? 
Yeah, it was, I, I, don't, I could be wrong with the year, but anyway. Going into 2017, obviously 2017, he had that insane monster season. He actually finished 20th in MVP voting, believe it or not. But I think he's he has so many expectations going into this year and with last year too to be this lights-out closer. And obviously when you only have pretty much you know one pitch you can rely on, which is a fastball, obviously still is a work in progress on the curve and all everything like that. But I think just the pressure that's on him right now is, is uh, I think the pressure on him right now, He's not. He's. I still think he's a very solid reliever, and he'll probably still get the closer role at some point throughout the year. But I, yeah, I think it's the pressure that's going to be that's on him from all the fans and from himself, especially. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of pressure on him to get better, especially after that 2017 season. And then again, this is young in the season. It's it could just be a fluke, you know. So yeah. Anyway, so last I think to be our last question here. This is from the real Nathan Hernandez. Your thoughts so far? Are they better or worse? Are they better than expected or worse than expected? I think they're better than expected. I didn't expect them to really win the series against the Red Sox. Especially, Red Sox are definitely doing worse than expected. With the Diamondbacks, I didn't expect them to be one game um, under 500 or 500 even going into the Padres series. Yeah, and the record doesn't really show. I don't. I don't think the record really shows what the Diamondbacks uh, have been able to do this year. They are six and seven, but they've been, they've been in every, in, in every game. And like, they, I mean, yeah, of, of course the the Dodger series was pretty bad. There were some, there were some bad games in there. Two of them, they got blown out, but every other game, they've been relatively close in it. And it, I think the t- thing with this, with this Diamondbacks team is that they have a lot of fight in them. They don't give up. They, I mean, we saw it with a couple of the, you know, you saw it in the last two nights or the actually was it the last three. Yeah, the last three nights, um, split, you know, uh, all the all the ninth inning comebacks, uh, this team is definitely going to fight to the ninth inning, and they're they're going to try to win every game they play. They're not going to be they're not here to tank or anything like that. They're trying. They're here to compete and and tr- and try to make a playoff push. Is what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah, they're definitely going to try to make a playoff push, but I mean, they won't make the playoffs. But they're trying. I they're they're going to. I wouldn't say playoff push, but it's it's good to be competitive, especially just from like a financial standpoint you get to sell a lot more tickets that way and everything and it's just the games are just a lot more fun to watch too um yeah yeah, it's gonna wrap it up for this segment next segment we're gonna recap the Dimebacks first couple of of home series hey guys this is Benson from Bucko Booth also producer here on this show just want to make sure you tune in to another episode of Bucko Booth your go-to pirates podcast at 8 a.m eastern Tomorrow morning, we have a full slate of baseball to get to. We're going to be talking about the Cubs series and, uh, yeah, the darn Cubs, Jose Quintana silencing the bats this past Thursday and what the Pirates can do to avoid striking out as much as they have and how they can get their offense clicking moving forward. Josh Bell has been heating it up lately. Three home runs so far on the season. Two massive bombs this week, one from the left side, one from the right side. What does that mean for him, the Pirates, and the 2019 season as a whole? You don't want to miss it. Tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern, Bucko Booth. I'll let you get back to rattle up here, but please be sure to tune in. 8 a.m. Eastern, tomorrow morning, Bucko Booth. See you there. And we are back to the show. Again, just that call-in number real quick. If you want to call into the show, talk about anything Diamondbacks. That number is 
Another uh, topic I want to t- uh, mention that I didn't get, get to touch on in the first segment, David Peralta, you know, this year, obviously he's been, he's been pretty good um, leading, leading the team in hits. His, his average is 367, but all, his on-base is the same. He has, through 60 at-bats so far, he has not walked. And, I mean, obviously, David Peralta is not a, not a guy that's going to take a lot of walks, but he, I, would, I would expect that he would get at least one walk through the first 60 at-bats. And if you're just wondering... If you're wondering, the the record for most for most at bats without a walk is 146 from Craig Robinson back in 1973. So I mean, I, obviously, I don't think he'll break that. Obviously, he's going to get a walk within the next 120 at bats. But are you surprised by this that that he's you know he's he's been not getting on base at all, or not sorry, not getting on base, but that he hasn't gotten a walk um, this whole year? Um, I- I am kind of surprised about that, considering he's one of our best hitters. So, of course, pitchers are going to pitch around him more than a lot of other players. They would pitch around him a lot more than they would pitch around other players that aren't really amazing hitters. But last year, he walked 48 times in 614 plate appearances, which isn't many walks compared to what a lot of players get. But And... I'm definitely surprised, but I could see him not. I could see him going maybe one or two more games without a walk. Yeah, and then and because uh, El Marte also no walks in the year too. So, I mean, I, I think yeah, that, that's another like big debate in baseball is in, in a whole. It's like how much do you value hits over walks? Obviously, um, yeah, obviously you know that that's something because see Adam Jones has a 353 uh, average with a 411 on base. But, I mean, would you agree that David Peralta has been a bigger part of the offense this year, even though his on-base percentage is, like, is lower? Well, especially with Goldie gone, he's pretty – he's our biggest player, best player. So, he's definitely a bigger part of the offense. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so we're uh, past that point. We're going to move on into the recap. Obviously, the first two series, um, they went pretty good. Um especially the, the first uh, home series, Red Sox and D-backs, the, re- the returning world champions. Um, Red Sox, you know, they haven't been doing very good this year, and they, I think, coming into the series, they were like 2-7 and seven or something like that. On opening night, I was actually there for that. It was a very fun game. The D-backs won 15-8. to eight. Uh, It should have been a lot more one-sided than that. 15-8 um, doesn't really tell the whole story. The game was like 15-2 to two or something like that. By like the, it was like 14-2. to two. Uh, and then Matt Cook obviously came in, gave up a lot of runs. But I mean, that it, are you I mean that obviously the offensive the offensive explosion, scoring 15 runs, even though the Red Sox didn't have the best pitchers in there. But I mean, still 15 runs against the World Series champions. Yeah, and um, thinking about it, saying so and so came in and gave up a lot of runs is kind of the story of last year with how bad our bullpen did up towards the end of the year. Yeah, but it's really great to. Um, get a lot of uh, 15 runs off the uh, reigning World Series champions, even if they are struggling. I mean, that's like, that's probably a big momentum boost for their locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zach Godley actually looked really solid in that. He think he threw six innings, only one run allowed. Like, I mean, against the uh, lineup that, like Boston, that that's really good to see. Obviously, Zach Godley didn't have the best, you know, first start to the year, but he's, but he's rebounding and, um, I think he's you know looked at a, a pretty uh, looked at a better year this year uh, compared to last year. He-
Um, I think one of us cut out, and uh, well, so as we were talking about, we were talking about game one and how there was a lot of runs scored, and our pitching did well. Uh, Zach Godley made it a while in that game. He made six innings and only gave up one run, as he said. So uh, Matt Coke and his Matt Cook and his seven runs and not very long in two and a third innings is really bad, but it shows you that Zach Godley can do solid. He just isn't making it really late in the games past six innings. And uh, he really falls apart after this that sixth inning. And I, I don't really know why he does it. It's kind of like how Archie Bradley's kind of fallen apart recently. But uh, in this game, I, this is also the game where Alex Avila hurt himself, and I'm not exactly sure what he hurt, but he went on the DL after he hurt himself on his home run trot, after he made it a 15-run game, game for the Diamondbacks. And uh, that was the home run trot off of a position player. So yeah, Alex Avila is having a better year, and he gets hurt yeah. off the home run trot. And obviously Alex Avila is, you know, entering his the the entering he's he's getting older, and obviously an injury, you know, as an injury to him, especially at his age, that's not very good. And um, hopefully he can come back and, and produce the way he's been producing because because my God, I did not expect Alex Avila to to be raking the way he has, uh, yeah, through this year. He only played in six games and only 15 at bats, but he's hitting. 333 and the on-base percentage over 500. His OPS, although it's only it's only through 13, uh, 15 at bats, the OPS is over 1300. Like that is unbelievable, um, which is leading all position players on the team. So, yeah, if Alex Avila can come back um, some point, I don't think the injury is major because then again, obviously he is a home run trot. Like, like you, I don't know how bad an injury could could get from that, but yeah, he'll come back eventually. And I think he'll be a, a definitely a solid offensive catcher As compared to last year. Last year, we don't want to talk about that. That was bad. He had one of the worst uh, offensive seasons for a catcher in you know recent uh, recent memory. But yeah. Well, I mean, they are catchers, and they're not really known for their offense. Yeah, but then again, I mean, Avila. I mean, a one sixty five average, and we were paying Avila, you know, it's like four million dollars, and he. Kind of was known as an offensive catcher, especially with Detroit and in the, the little half year in Chicago that he spent. So, obviously, I hope this is a rebound year. Obviously, he's not going to hit 333 and have an OPS of 1300. But I hope I think he'll be solid and he'll, he'll definitely be better than last year. Yeah, he'll definitely sure. be better. Let's move on to Game Two of the Red of the Red Sox series. Now, this was an exciting one. Uh, Diamondbacks won this one five to four. So, which guaranteed them a series win. Carson Kelly had the walk-off hit in the bottom of the ninth. Again, this kind of showed the Red Sox struggled, and it's just their bullpen. I mean, their bullpen just kind of collapsed at the end. I mean, the thing, the thing with like the Red Sox is that they pretty much have no bullpen. They had Colton Brewer in the game in the bottom of the ninth inning, tr- trying to keep the game tied. I mean, that's that's not a championship team. Like, I, I barely anyone even knows who Colton Brewer is. I, I mean. Yeah, I'm pretty much. Chris, your thoughts on that game? It's always great to get the win, and especially in a walk-off fashion. Carson Kelly showing that he's um, he's doing he's doing what he was brought here to do, 
And I'm pretty sure this is also the game uh, Luke Weaver started. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, So both parts of the Goldie trade are coming out strong in this game. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Carson Kelly had three RBIs in that in this game. Um, he had a two run two run double in the second inning, and then obviously the walk off hit. That was really exciting to see, um, and that just kind of started the dramatics to to the um, to this year so far. D-backs have been in a lot of close games. I think they've already had two walk offs this year, and you know, yeah, this was a very fun uh, fun game. This took the Red Sox actually to two and eight, so. Yeah, and Luke Weaver didn't do that bad. Obviously, he had that one bad inning, but you know, he made a he made a pretty good debut, especially in front of the world champions and in front of his home hometown crowd or not hometown crowd, in front of the home crowd. See, that was a great win for the team. Game three of three. Now, this one gave me a lot of memories of last year. Uh, the Red Sox didn't win this one, one nothing, and it was actually Mitch Moreland who had the only run of the game on a solo shot. Mitch Moreland had actually been pretty much carrying the Red Sox in real life. I think last night he pretty much carry them to a win over the Blue Jays uh, to pretty much keep their hopes alive. And I think he had, remember he had that go-ahead three-run shot against Seattle. So Mitch Moreland is pretty much the only reason the Red Sox are not like bottom of the league, although they actually might be already. But anyway, yeah. Merrill Kelly in this yeah, one. Yeah. Um, go ahead. He did – Kelly did so well, and that ball barely went out even though uh, – and that, he went eight innings in that game, only giving up run one run. He's definitely our best pitcher this year because of this, how he did in this game and the first game he did against the Padres. Yeah. And, yeah, America, yeah, eight innings, and he only gave up one run, I mean, two against the world champions. I mean, that's kind of like Jacob DeGrom in the Mets last year. I mean, DeGrom will go out there, throw eight innings, only allow one run, and he get the loss because the Mets couldn't score any runs. Obviously, that's going to change this year. Bets are a lot better. But that, and that gives, they did give a lot of memories of last year. The, the if you don't if you can remember the rotation last year was especially in the second half was so unbelievably good especially with additions like Clay Buckles but the bullpen sucked and the offense just couldn't get anything going for the later part of the year and I don't understand like that's that's one of the things with just with baseball in general is how a team can go from scoring I'm going to read off the the, the the total runs here for going seven ten eight five one. 15-5, and then you go to and score zero runs in a game. The offense was just not apparent there. I mean, the Red Sox, basically that game, they had a – it was pretty much a bullpen game. They had Hector Velasquez going for three innings, and then it was just bullpen guys from, the, from there on out. I think they were down to their second-to-last arm actually out of the pen. So, yeah, anyway, that was a tough one. Uh, Chris, any, any other thoughts on that game? Uh, just always stinks to lose in a close game when your starting pitcher does really well and your offense just – dies but still the whole Red Sox series as a whole was pretty good they did take two out of three against the world champions I will take that for sure I had the expectations going into they would get swept or at the at the, at the best win one out of three but yeah anyway not a great start to the year for the Red Sox um but you know it looks like they might be starting to turn around uh did you see that photo of Mookie Betts today and he had like eight awards yeah that was crazy yeah I, I didn't think there was that many awards a single yeah, player I mean, could get yeah, it it was it was insane. He basically had an entire table full of awards. I mean, yeah, so that was that was an interesting sight to see. And obviously, I think didn't JD Martinez win like? I think JD Martinez won like two. He 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 won two Silver Sluggers last year because he won one for outfield and then DH. So yeah, Red Sox got a lot of awards last year. Obviously, won the won the World Series. So that was yeah, that. they got the biggest award of all. 
Yeah. As uh, score update here from from the uh, from the Padres D backs Padres game. Fernando Tatis Jr. doubles in the top of the seventh. Will Meyer scores, and the D backs take a lead over the Padres two to one. Yoshi Hirano now into the game in replace of Luke Weaver. So yeah, Luke Weaver pitched into the seventh, six and a third, 92 pitches. But yeah, Padres are on top, and they're going to be pretty pesky all year and for the next coming years, obviously, with the best farm system in baseball. Pretty much. We're going to move yeah, on. They're going to be tough to face in a few years. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, they're tough to face now. Just imagine down the road. Wow. I, I don't even want to think about that. Anyway, going into the first game against the against the Rangers, the Diamondbacks won this one on a thriller, a draw Dyson walk-off two-run home run in the bottom of the ninth. This is a this is another case of Zach Greinke's mysterious. Just the the way Zach Greinke can be inconsistent, you know. Um, you know he he allowed four runs in the, in the first two innings, then he settled down after that, and D-backs eventually won the game. We're going to talk more about that after this short little break here. Hey, guys, this is Benson from Bucko Booth, also producer here on this show. Just want to make sure you tune in to another episode of Bucko Booth, your go-to Pirates podcast at 8 a.m. Eastern tomorrow morning. We have a full slate of baseball to get to. We're going to be talking about the Cubs series and, uh, yeah, the Darn Cubs, Jose Quintana silencing the bats this past Thursday and what the Pirates can do to avoid striking out as much as they have and how they can get their offense clicking moving forward. Josh Bell has been heating it up lately. Three home runs so far on the season. Two massive bombs this week, one from the left side, one from the right side. What does that mean for him, the Pirates, and the 2019 season as a whole. You don't want to miss it. Tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern, Bucko Booth. I'll let you get back to rattle up here, but please be sure to tune in. 8 a.m. Eastern, tomorrow morning, Bucko Booth. See you there. All right, back to this Ranger game. It was, I mean, the the ninth inning was unbelievable. The Rangers were leading this one 4-2. to two. They brought in Jose Leclerc, who last year was a shutdown closer for them after they traded uh, Keon, Keone Kella. And I think another one of their bullpen pieces to, yeah, they shipped him off at the, at the deadline because the Rangers were not good last year. But yeah, Jose Leclerc has been a dominant closer for, for for the Rangers, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's their only All Star this year. Um, and also, yeah, so in this game, yeah, they were down four two in the ninth. They eventually they they got a run home on a Eduardo Escobar uh, double that scored Christian Walker, and then Gerard Dyson. On a 2-2 pitch, hit a, hit a walk-off home run to right field. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. I was watching this, and I was I was literally going insane. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that Gerard Dyson, who was projected to hit maybe one or two home runs all season, already oh, has two, and yeah. and one of them was a huge home run to walk yeah. off that game. Yeah, that that was one the Diamondbacks absolutely stole, and that's just another example of what the Diamondbacks are going to be this year. They were down four nothing in the second inning. Uh, Zach Greinke, for some reason, just I don't. He always has these games, you know, the you know five or six of these games every single year, where he just kind of blows up against the bad team. But he was able to get it under control, and the Rangers could not score past the second inning. Diamondbacks they just clawed their way back and then hit them with that with that uh, that three spot in the ninth, and then took that took that uh, took that win over the Rangers. That was a very fun game. 
and it just showed, I think, you know, what this team's all about. Um, anyway, and then moving on to Wednesday's game, the Diamondbacks did lose this one five to two. It was a pretty close game at the end. The Diamondbacks uh, actually think they had the the winning run coming up to, to the to the plate in the bottom of the ninth, but they were just unable to get the win. Um, and I, who I think this was who started this one? This was Robbie Ray. But then obviously the um, as we already talked about, the bullpen kind of just collapsed in this one towards the end from the sixth inning on. What was that? Talking about how, yeah, in Wednesday's game, you know, Diamondbacks lost it five to two. Uh, Robbie Ray, I think he pitched. He he pitched five innings, or was it? What was what was the actual stat line? Yeah, five innings of one run ball. And he had ten strikeouts, and he looked dominant. But then the bullpen came in. Uh, Andrew Chafin allowed a run. Archie Bradley allowed a run. Matt Andrees two runs. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? You know, especially kind of another reminder of last year's second half. Yeah, it really shows how the bullpen for a good starter, if the starters actually do decent, and if our offense doesn't put up a lot of runs, it seems like our bullpen for performs better if there's they have more runs and they aren't working without a lead so it just kind of shows how weak our bullpen is and how exactly how they fell apart last year yeah and but i think diamondbacks have been doing this kind of opposite of last year last year they would you know put up like a, like a four spot in the first inning and they would just wouldn't score for the rest of the game and they would eventually lose because you can't just expect your pitching staff to hold, hold the team you know to like one run ball every single night but diamondbacks kind of doing this doing the opposite this year. They're kind of allowing the team, other team to get to a lead, and they're just kind of chipping it away at the end, trying to get pulled together these ninth inning comebacks. Obviously, that's going to have very success, you know, game by game. Uh, one of the, one of the games against the Rangers series, they were able to pull that off, and then another, they weren't. But, yeah, anyway. Uh, still, I think the, the first two home series, we're not, we're not that bad. A, what is that? If, if that's a three, that's a three and two record. It's it's pretty good. I feel like they probably could have won one of those games, especially the third game against the Red Sox, where they managed to put together zero runs. But you know, I, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Um, and then Chris, if you just want to take us through last night's game where the Padres took took out took the uh, took the W seven to six. Um, last night's game was offense wise as most games have been, and. Uh, it really shows how weak our pitching is. We were down, I think, seven to, I mean, six to two or something like that, and we actually came back and then blew it again. And mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure who the starter was, but it I was godly. Pretty, yeah, he really didn't do too well yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he was going good until the sixth inning, and then he just kind of fell apart. Austin Hedges hit a three-run shot. The Diamondbacks were actually able to tie it uh, in the bottom of the ninth, or the bottom, the bottom of the ninth. My bad. In the bottom of the seventh, Eduardo Escobar, his first home run of the year, a three-run shot to tie it off of a Padre lefty. So that was good to see it. Escobar has been kind of disappointing this year also, but it looks like he's starting to pick it up. Um, yeah, anyway, and then Archie Bradley in the top of the eighth. Let up a go-ahead shot to Manuel Margot, and the Padres kind of just took a lead after that. Uh, and and then Diamondbacks weren't able to get anything going in the ninth. They weren't uh, – well, they actually got some base runners on, but they weren't able to get anything going ultimately. And so that was another frustrating game. Obviously, the, the offense put up some numbers, but the pitching – it's kind of been the storyline this year. The pitching's just not, you know, letting them get in it. As the game is still 2-1 to one in the top of the seventh, uh, the Padres against the Diamondbacks tonight. 
And actually, the seventh inning just ended, so it was stretch time there. But I just want to talk about the NL West as a whole and some of the surprises you've seen. So a quick standings recap. Padres are in first at 9-5. and five. Dodgers are in, actually in second at 8-6. and six. Diamondbacks in, sitting in third place, 6-7 and seven record. Giants at 5-9. and nine. That's all kind of expected. Obviously, Padres are doing a, lot, a little bit better than people thought. But the main thing I want to talk about is the Rockies are all the way down at the bottom at 3-10. and 10. I mean, obviously, now this hurts to say it now, but I'm going to stick by my, what I said because I'm not going to, you know, cower away from what I said. But I said the I have my, the Rockies as my World Series pick uh, for the National League or the, to win the National League pennant. Obviously, that was that's probably not going to happen anymore, at least for the – for at least you know right now because they're three and ten and just I don't I, I don't know what's going on with the Rockies I thought this was the year where the Rockies were actually going to be good and try to make a push for the division but yeah are you surprised by this too? Yeah, I'm definitely surprised that they aren't doing well, especially considering I thought they would be the division winners by a a while a long shot or not really a long shot but I definitely didn't expect them to be in last place at this point in the season. Yeah, exactly. Well, they started off the year dropping two or three against Miami, which is bad. And then in a three-game set against the Rays, they only managed to score – well, actually, they only managed to score two runs, and they got shut out in one of those games. Um, so, obviously, that's not good. I mean, obviously, the Rays are, are, I think, are a really solid, underrated team. But if you score two runs in a three-game series against a team like the Rays, who – yeah, I mean, that that's bad. And then they went back home to Coors Field – and get the Dodgers, and the Dodgers jumped all over them. They scored, uh, what is that, math? Uh, 29 total runs in a three-game set, kind of like the Dodgers against the, Diamond, against the Diamondbacks. So the Dodgers have just been killing it all year offensively. And then and then they uh, and they dropped two, two to the Braves, and then they uh, actually lost tonight, one nothing against the, against the uh, or that was yesterday, my bad. They lost one nothing against the Rockies, so. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Padres. They lost. Here. Wait, who did they lose to? Last night. Did I say the Rockies? Okay, my bad. bad. Yeah. The, yeah, last night. Wow, long night. Anyway, long day. Okay, yeah, exactly. Last not, last night, they lost to the Giants one nothing, and they are now actually leading the Giants 2-1 to in the bottom of the fifth inning. But, yeah, definitely a big surprise there um, pretty much. Anything else in the NLS that you've seen? Or some, some big well, it's kind of the Rockies pride themselves on their offense, and that's how what everyone was talking about. And it seems like their offense has taken an extended off season or something, but they're yeah. just not doing too well. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure the Rockies will get it together eventually. They're, that team, that offense is just too good to to be that bad, and the pitching will definitely get better too. But yeah, I think the main concern with the Rockies is, is again, they're kind of like the Diamondbacks, is the bullpen. The, on paper, the Rockies have a pretty good bullpen, but it just seems that nobody can perform. Brian Shaw is always giving up runs every single time he comes in the game. Wade Davis is not the same as he used to be, and, you know, that that's just something that they're, they're going to need to sort out. Um, another storyline I want to talk about is Cody Bellinger. Um, Cody Bellinger out of Hamilton High School from Chandler, Arizona. He has been absolutely raking this year. I'm just going to pull out his, his numbers. Um, I think he's, yeah, um, if I'm just, yeah, he's first in the NL in home runs with seven. Yeah, through for 14 games, batting 411 and on base of 468, an OPS of over 1340. Now, that is unbelievable. Obviously, last year, he played in all, all 162 games, but he didn't have 
an insane year. Only 260 average, 25 homers, and 76 RBIs, but he has been smashing the baseball this year and getting on base, too, at a very high rate. Yeah, he's been doing really well. He's definitely a early candidate for the MVP, even though it's it's very early. If he can keep it up, which, honestly, as a Diamondback fan, I hope he doesn't, but if he can, then I, he can definitely win the MVP this year. Yeah, I mean, he, he can keep it up against you know, other teams like AL teams, but, you know, obviously not against the Diamondbacks. That that would, you know, be favorable, but uh, Diamondback team still two to one in the bottom of the seventh. Diamondbacks are trailing the Padres right now. Um, and again, if you're still listening to the show, that call-in number, we only have a few minutes left, but if you want to call in and get one final point in, that is 845-277-9345. So uh, something else I want to talk about um, is kind of some major storylines in the MLB. Um, you know, obviously there's some news today that Vladimir Guerrero was going to get called up sometime in the next week. Um, probably, probably when that, when that, uh, might be when that, uh, service time, uh, you know, whatever the window is, you know, in late April where a player, where the team can keep a player for another year because they, they're not going to qualify for, for a full year of service time or whatever. But yeah, so Vladimir Guerrero is going to call, get called up. But a guy who actually made the opening day roster, Pete Alonso for the New York Mets has been absolutely killing the baseball. And I'm pretty sure the Mets are not disappointed uh, with what they've been doing. Have you, have you kept uh, been keeping up with, with what he's doing so far this year? Um, wait, are you talking about Alonzo? Yeah. I think you're talking about Alonzo. Um, I saw his home run. He had either today or yesterday that went like 460 feet. It was a line drive to straight center in uh, Atlanta. And that was a crazy home run. And yeah. I've definitely heard a lot about him and how yeah. he's been a hot rookie. Yeah, obviously, you know, this thing with, like, all these rookies, they're, they're you know, slugging – people on to slugging over 900. He already has six home runs, batting uh, close to 380. But I think it's another thing that, you know, a lot of people were concerned this year with, you know, players, oh, they're not going to get enough playing time or whatever, or they're not going to get called up until late April. And that was the whole thing with the CBA. But it seems, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. and Pete Alonso, Chris Paddock, a lot of these guys – have you know they made the open a roster and if, if that keeps continuing Eli Jimenez also that's another one but if that keeps continuing that's going to be uh you know that's going to be really good for baseball in general and just for the players association um I think it's going to wrap it up for tonight again the Diamondbacks are still currently playing the Padres down two to one in the bottom of the seventh um anyway I want to thank you all for tuning in tonight uh, we'll see you next week and have a good weekend bye-bye Rattle-Up is produced by Benson Fector. Rattle-Up is a Baseball Podcast Network production. Be sure to give our host a follow on Instagram, Chris Sumner at Chris underscore Sumner 710, and Blake Warner at Everything D-backs. Be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all our social media platforms as well. Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D- CAS1, SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network, and YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time.